Charlie Hurl. It's good to see you come out over here. Oh. All right, uh, would you please, uh, if you will, get that uh, that big 12-incher in there. Get her ready there. I, wanna, I just, just want to start things off with a thing here tonight. Shepard's feeling right and ready. One, two, three, four. received a note here from somebody. Said, Shepard, do you know what time of the year it is? Oh, indeed I do. Yes, sir, I do indeed know what time of the year. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you, the uh, this time of the year, uh, I think, is the most exciting time of the year for uh, us Earth types. Yes, I'm an Earth type. Uh, now, I'm not talking about an ecology cuckoo. I think we're all ecology cuckoos. There's no possible way for a human being to not be involved in ecology because he's part of ecology. Ain't no way for you to escape. No way. Into good old summertime. I'll tell you what an earth type is, though. An earth type is one who has really dealt with the earth. Now, that doesn't mean you live on the earth, walk around on the earth, even, uh, you know, dig around and make little mud pies. I'm talking about dealing with the earth. Now, I have dealt with the Earth in its most uh, intimate form. And every year at this time, I get all... I'll get in a, yeah, I get in a real big excitement because it's a time of tension. It's a time of uh, conjecture. A time of doubt. Now, uh, perhaps uh, many of you have never uh, had anything to do with farms. I haven't much. But you know, farmers get nervous this time of the year because uh, they don't know whether it's going to be a good year or not. And it can, you know, they can get wiped out in one year, one summer. And uh, so they get nervous. Very few guys are tied much that directly with uh, with life, you know, with uh, with nature. But nature can wipe you out. Well, you're talking to a guy that uh, used to go through this every year. Got very nervous this time of the year. Because it was one time when I was known as the Worm King of Cleveland Street. And... Uh, I uh, I probably know as much about the lowly earthworm as any man you will ever encounter in your life. The lowly now I'm not talking about the scientific knowledge because uh, you'll have to go to a scientific worm man for that. But for pure pragmatic worm operation, the knowledge of the worm's subtle needs and desires, you're talking to a man, or at least you're listening to a man who has thought a great deal about the lowly worm. Now, uh, how I got started in this, now, I, 
I'm just going to give a give a word of uh, advice to any of you kids. If you want to, if you want to really get into the big dough, I mean, you're tired of, you know, scratching around there and clinging to your old man's knee, trying to, you know, gouge him for another forty dollars, whatever it is. Of course, you know, with inflation, so kid asks his dad on Saturday, you know, okay, if you got forty dollars to spare, I got a date tonight. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, uh, if you're tired of that kind of scrounging around and you'd like to go into a great, very satisfying business, I couldn't too highly recommend the worm business. Now, it's highly competitive. It is. And furthermore, it has its, its elements of uh, speculation. Because you can be wiped out in 12 minutes and uh, all your worm stock is gone and there you are. Standing around, shifting from foot to foot with customers banging on the door, and you got no worms. And how I got started on the worm business, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give you that. Because most of us, I, I say, most great tycoons, uh, most yes, really great men, uh, all can tell you almost to the day when they began to be involved in the empire that they later built. And there was a time when I actually had an empire. I'm not kidding you. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm in, in its field. Well, how it started was this: springtime, right? Now, uh, I lived as a kid. Uh, you know, I kind of I, I festered as a kid out in this place uh, out in Indiana, and worms are not plentiful out there. You know, I'm talking about the earthworm. Now, this time of the year, I, even now, when I walk down the street on a when it's been raining, I walk down some suburban street when I'm visiting somebody or something, and I see an earthworm crawling across the sidewalk. It's an exciting sight for me. Well, what's funny about that? It's exciting to me when I see a, a big, beautiful, healthy earthworm crossing from one side of the sidewalk to the other. I can hardly restrain myself from picking them up and bringing them home and adding them to my stock. And uh, it's just exciting. Now, to most people, a worm is just a worm. I, I imagine they don't even think much about worms, but uh, I, I often think of worms. Because they have, uh, they were, they provided one of the cornerstones of my life, and how it happened, you know, my old man in the springtime, he was, uh, he was, you know, like a lot of office guys. He worked in an office, and uh, like a lot of office guys, he was a sort of a once in a while, rarely weekend fisherman type. Well, there wasn't much fishing around, and had a couple of lakes in our area, Cedar Lake, and there was a, there was a place called Wolf Lake. And uh, there were no cedars on Cedar Lake, by the way. No one knew how the hell it got named Cedar Lake, but there were no cedars anywhere remotely around it. There were a lot of oil cans and a couple of dumps around it. They can't call it the Dump Lake, so they call it Cedar Lake. And uh, Wolf Lake, there was never a wolf, as far as we know, ever within 400 miles of Wolf Lake. But it was called Wolf Lake. So uh, once in a while, the old man on a Sunday would announce that the next weekend he's going to go fishing. Well, now, all of you had little jobs when you were a kid that you had to do at home. You know, the old man uh, uh, says, now, look, I want you to clean the garage. Now, you know, uh, I don't ask you to do much around here, but I want you to clean the garage this week. Now, you hear me? How many times has that kind of stuff been said to you? Or, uh, now, look, before you, I, I don't want to hear any argument. I want this basement cleaned this week. I want the basement cleaned this week. I don't ask you to do much, <laughs> like hell. But uh, nevertheless, uh, I want to clean, right? Well, this is the kind of thing that kids are used to. 
Well, one of the ones that uh, I would always get, see, that used to bug me, was the old man would say, now look, he says, I'm going to go fishing next Saturday with Zudok and uh, going fishing with, with Gertz and the gang. And I want you to go out and, and see if you can dig up some worms. Well, uh, so I, I would go out and I'd, I'd have this shovel. Uh, you know, I'd go out in the vacant lot out there and I'd start digging around for worms. Well, now, you'd, you'd think, if you've never dug for worms, you would think this is a fairly dull job. It is not. It, it contains all the excitement of hunting. Uh, furthermore, it contains the excitement of suddenly finding yourself back in your basic element. You know, there is a, there is a feeding that man has sprung from the earth, like toadstools and mushrooms. Well, the deeper you dig into the earth, the more you're driven to dig deeper. Now, I can't explain this. It is a fact that if you start digging a hole, you want to dig it deeper. Now, <laughs> uh, this can be carried to, to ridiculous lengths, I mean, at times. Uh, in fact, I understand that uh, out in the West Coast someplace, there's a company that's dug a hole that's like 12 miles deep. They haven't found anything yet. They're still digging. And uh, I've often wondered, you know, what would happen if you dig deeper and deeper and deeper? What is in the middle of the earth? You know, there's a lot of conjecturing about that, but nobody really knows. There's a theory, you know, the golf ball theory. You know what the golf ball theory is? That the earth is like a big golf ball. And if you were to slice it right down the middle, like, say, at the equator, or from pole to pole, make a big slice like that, in the middle is this great big center of tightly wound rubber. Uh, <laughs> well, that's a theory. I'm, not, I'm just telling you a theory. I'm not, don't come around and yell at me. I don't invent these theories. That's the golf ball theory. Uh, there's all kinds of theories about what's in the middle of the earth, but I can only say this, that once you start digging in the earth, you want to dig deeper, see? Well, uh, in the springtime, at this time of the year, digging for worms is groovy, because there's been snow in the wintertime, and there's been rain, and there's a lot of worms. This is a great time for wormers. That's one of the reasons why I'm doing this show tonight, because these are exciting days when you're an ex-worm man. I mean, you walk out and you smell that brisk spring air out there, and you know that this is worm time. And it's just yes, you. And once you've been uh, once you've been steeped in the worm mystique, there is no conceivable way you can ever get it out of your gut. It's like old fire horses. I mean, I never did see a fire horse, but uh, they, you know how they always say that old fire horses. Every time they hear a bell, they want to run off to the fire. Well, this is the way with old worm men. Any time you sniff that air and you see a little, just a slight uh, hint of rain in the air, your your hand itches to get at the shovel. You want to see that the sight of a of a great big night crawler, quietly attempting to elude your shovel as he's going deeper and deeper, and you start digging faster and faster until finally you get that bibby, you know, and you pull him out, and you've got him right there. He struggles to get away, and then you pop him into the Prince Albert can, and once again. You have brought home another keepable trophy, a magnificent worm. Well, the old man, see, used to say, all right, get me some worms. Well, in the beginning of the spring, it was great. You'd go out, and half an hour later, you got, uh, you got a couple of hundred worms. No problem. Well, as the year would progress, and as the sun would get hotter, and as summertime would get more malevolent, the worms would become more and more scarce. Until finally... Around the middle of July, friends, if you wanna if you wanna dig up a worm, you gotta go halfway to China. 
And even then, the worms you get are very reluctant. These are these are not uh, these are not cooperative worms. So there's uh, there's a big difference between a July worm and a May or a June worm. Okay. And as an old worm man, I'm going to tell you how I got into the worm business. As uh, you know, it's like Henry Ford talking about how he finally started to make them cars. You know. Well, that's the way it happened. See. Uh, I was about 12, something like that, see, and I was uh, feeding my oats, you know, making a scene, walking around, and uh, the old man, one one weekend, said, listen, listen, i got to have some worms. We're going to go fishing. Me and Gertz and Zudok are going to go fishing next weekend. Well, now, immediately, uh, because uh, it was, uh, you know, late in, in uh, May or early June, uh, I, 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 I griped, you know, ah, I don't want to take old worms. He said, well, look, he said, uh, uh, I've got to have these worms, and, uh, and, and I want to have them by Saturday. And I don't want to hear any crying or complaining. With that, my mother, who was hanging over the sink, says, well, at least you can do is offer them a quarter. Well, this was a new concept to the old man, see, because, uh, you know, I had this allowance, which was seven cents a month, uh, <laughs> rough, give or take, and... Uh, uh, the idea of giving me a quarter for digging worms was a new idea. He says, "All right, he says, okay, all right. You you dig you, you give me some worms and I'll give you a quarter." Well, that put a whole new light on the thing. So now I'm out in the out in the vacant lot. It's about uh, Thursday, something like that. Because you see, I'd learned early in the game that if you dig worms on Monday for the following Saturday, by that Saturday, forget it. They're you know they're they're just uh, they're just gone. So I'm out there Thursday, I'm digging away there. See. And I come across these worms. I've worm, and it was a typical day. So I have myself a can of worms now, and I bring it in, and I'm very proud of my worms because you know I'm getting paid for it. So the old man comes home from work, and he says, "How about them worms?" I says, "Okay, Dad." And I reach under the kitchen table. We're all sitting around having dinner. See, I reach under the kitchen table, and I take out this big can of worms. My mother says, "Get those off the table!" You know, my mother never did get interested in worms. It's a funny thing. Uh, you know, there's no accounting for taste. I always thought they were beautiful. I still do. So, you know, they're so, so, uh, so earthy. So, uh, anyway, he says, let me take a look at them. So he shakes the can. You know, the guy, uh, a real fisherman can tell how the worms are by just shaking the can and looking in. So he's shaking. He's not bad, not bad. So he reaches in his pocket, gives me the quarter, and I was now a professional. The minute that you change your status and, be, you know, leave the amateur ranks in anything, your whole outlook changes. I became a pro that minute. No longer, you know, was I a dilettante. So I had uh, two bits in my pocket. The old man had the can of worms. And the next day he goes off fishing. I did not realize the import of that exchange, which became very interesting later on. So uh, about Tuesday, roughly it was, of the following week, the old man has gone out and gone fishing. And he came home, as he always did, mad smelling a beer, his hand, he got a cut. Every week he'd go out and he'd get cut, uh, you know, the whole thing. And so here it's Tuesday now, and I'm, I'm walking around in the house. The old man comes home from work, and he says, Hey, he said, uh, Gene? I said, Yeah. He said, hey, Do you think you could get some some worms for Zudok? I met Zudok at the office today, and he says he'd like to go fish. He's going up to Wisconsin. He'd like to know whether you can get some worms for him. That's a new thing. Worms for Zudok. Up to this point, it had been worms for the old man, see? So I said, uh, well, uh, uh, yeah. 
The old man says, don't worry, he'll pay for them. He'll pay you for the worms. He'll give you a quarter for the worms. So I says, okay. Boy, George. So I rushed out to the back porch there, and I get my shovel out, and I get a couple of cans, not realizing what a can of worms I was opening doing this. And I'm out in the backyard shoveling away, you know, out in the back in a vacant lot. And sure enough, within an hour or so, I got myself a can of worms, which the next day the old man takes into the office. And that night, now I got two quarters, one from the old man, one from Zudok, you know, and it's beginning to look pretty good, you know, just out there shoveling worms. Well, this was without no warning, began to build. By Friday that day, the old man has come home. He says, hey, uh, Gertz wants to know whether you can get him some worms. I said, Gertz? Yeah, he's going fishing down at Ash Lake. Oh, really? How many does he want? Oh, you know, a regular can full of worms. Just get him some worms. Okay. So you going to pay me? He says, yeah, sure. So I dug some worms. Fifty cents from total strangers in one week. A quarter from the old man... I had made more money in one week just, you know, messing around with worms than I did for, you know, days. I, I had a paper route. I used to clear maybe six, seven, eight, nine cents a week on that paper route after I paid for all the broken windows and stuff that I had to pay for, you know. And, and uh, I had to get my knees sewed up every time the Airedale pulled it open. And uh, so this was really great. And uh, I'm, I'm walking around, you know, my pocket's full of dough. Nothing but, uh, just, you know, nothing but worms. Well... It was now June, and uh, I'm out of school. So the old man one day pops out with this one. He says, listen, he said, uh, you know, he said, uh, why don't you dig up some worms? Just dig up some worms and put them down in the basement and uh, keep them down there. And then when Zudok or, or uh, Heine or any of them guys want to go fishing, you can just go down in the basement and get the worms. That was a new idea. <laughs> See, up to this point, I had been digging worms. Every time there was a demand, I'd run out and dig worms. Now to keep worms, in other words, lay in a stock. So I, I, uh, I said, yeah, that's a good idea. So I went out to the backyard on this Saturday, and I dug about, oh, I must have dug three, 400 worms. I really worked all day digging up worms. And I came back to the house, and I, I have got a box now. i got a big wooden box, and I, I put dirt in there and all that stuff, and I put the worms in there. And, and uh, now they're they're all set. They're down in the basement. See, I'm ready for you know I'm ready for the influx of tremendous business, which is about to come in. So it's sure enough, it does. Uh, Monday morning, the old man says, "Listen, Zudok wants some worms. He's going on vacation." So I rush down into the basement. They're all dead. Aha! All right now, through adversity, one learns one's business. You do not think that the first Ford that Henry Ford worked. Immediately turned into the Mustang, do you? Not at all. So, uh, you know, I'm bugged. So I run out, I dig out more worms, and it was that week that I began my research into worms. And I consulted with other eminent worm men. Uh, I uh, went to the library. I actually went to the library and found out all I could find out about worms. You know, it's funny. Some kids have got that kind of mind, and I became really hung up. And by the end of the week, I knew more about worms, uh, theoretically, see, than almost anybody ever knows in this whole lifetime. I just discovered, you know, what the, you know what you have to do to keep worms going. And I will never forget the heady thing that happened. Uh, it must have been about, uh, I'd say, about the first week of July, that week. Up to this point, remember, I am dealing only with Zudok, with Gertz. I now have a new customer from my old man's office, a guy named Sherby. 
Uh, I was also selling Sherby stuff. Once in a while, I, I would uh, provide worms for Flick's old man. Uh, Schwartz's old man would occasionally, uh, he, he particularly liked grubs. And uh, I would provide him with grubs. But these are all peoples, you know, just the people around there, see. Well, one, one, <laughs> one afternoon, <laughs> my mother, I come home from something. I've been playing second base, see. And my mother says, say, there's a man here looking for you. I said, who, what? Immediately, that little fear in the gut, you know. Uh, no telling what man, you know, a man looking for you. I says, who, what? Yeah, he was some, some guy came around here and he's looking for worms. I said, who was it, Mr. Sherby? Was it, uh, was it Zudok? She said, no, I never saw him before. I said, uh, just a man came in? She said, yeah, just knocked on the door and asked if you were here. And I said, no, what did he want? She said he wanted worms. Said, a man just came up here wanted worms? And she says, yes. Well, did you tell him I was coming home? She said, yeah, he, he said he'd come back. So I'm all nervous, I'm all excited. I'm, I'm walking around at supper time, and uh, now it's about 8 o'clock. And then, sure enough, the, the, the bell rings, you know, the <laughs> doorbell. <laughs> Everybody starts yelling around, and somebody at the door, somebody at the door. And uh, my old man says, yes, who's there? And he says, this is Mr. Gumpox. He said, who? Mr. Gumpox, is this where they sell the worms? The old man says, hey, Gene, the customer here. You know, so I come running up from the basement, you know, I'm all excited. And I go running out to the front door, and there's a guy, just a guy. I never saw him before. Just a man standing there. He says, yes. It's a, uh, do you, uh, do you sell worms? I says, yes, sir. Yes, of course. Uh, yes, uh, what, uh, what uh, sort of worms do you want? Just well, you know, worms. I'm going fishing, and uh, I heard that you sell worms here, and I'm looking for some worms. I want a couple dozen of uh, regular earthworms. Uh, can you throw in about a dozen night crawlers? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I run down in the basement, say... And I, I have now got a box of worms. So I start grubbing through my worms, and I, I fill a can full of worms, and I put in a dozen night crawlers, and I come back upstairs, and uh, he says, uh, oh, yeah, they look very good. He shakes the can. He looks in there. Yes, you know, it's kind of nice to know that guys are approving of your, you know, your your your, your merchandise. You know, he's, he's shaking. He says, very good. They're nice, healthy worms. Uh, how much is that? Oh, that's a quarter. He says, how much? I said, it's a quarter. Oh, yes, of course. He reaches and he gives me a quarter. He looked a little startled. And it was then that something, you know, a little bell went off in my head. And he went down the steps with my can of worms. And I turned back and I walked through the living room and I said, a quarter, quarter. <laughs> I'll be darned. And so that night, I found out that worms are not sold by the can. They're sold by the dozen. And as a matter of fact, worms go for roughly, oh, anywhere from a quarter to a half dollar a dozen. Here I've been selling worms for two bits for a whole can, like, you know, 250 worms. I just put a whole can of worms in there and I cover them up and the guy gives me a quarter. It was then that the cold light of monetary calculation began to settle into my head. I mean, I became unbelievably financial. You know how, how so many kids get totally hung up on, on counting their pennies, <laughs> cackling there. See, speaking, this is WOR. Speaking of miser, this is WOR. We're in New York. And, uh, <laughs> well, now, now you're, you're, not, you're not going to, uh, you, you're going to begin to, you know, say, well, what is this, a little business? No, I'm not telling you. I'm just telling you the way it actually worked. Well, I found out the worms sold for about two bits a 
dozen. And Nightcrawlers went for anywhere from 35 to 50 cents a dozen. Now, a Nightcrawler is a different breed of worm, you know. He looks like a regular earthworm, but he's about the one and a half times as big. This is a big worm, see? So uh, I'm out there digging up the Nightcrawlers and digging up the worms. And uh, the business is beginning to pick up. Sherby is going fishing a lot more. Gertz is going fishing a lot more. And I remember the day that I raised the prices. Uh, I, <laughs> uh, yeah, the old man comes down in the basement. And he says, listen, Gertz wants a can of worms. I said, well, how many does he want? He says, well, you know, a can of worms. I said, well, how, does he want one dozen, two dozen, three dozen worms? You know, I said, what do you mean, dozen? I said, well, I'm selling them for a quarter a dozen now. He says, 25 cents a dozen? That's 12 worms? That's, well, that's two cents. That's better than two cents a worm. I said, yep. Well, well, I guess, uh, gee, I don't know. I'll have to find out how many he wants. So he goes upstairs and he calls up Gertz, and he comes down. He says, he wants three dozen. I said, well, what does he want? Does he want night crawlers or does he want regular worms? It was this, you mean you're charging extra for night crawlers? I said, you bet. I said, for every night crawler you dig up, you dig up like 50 uh, little ones. Oh, well, I'll have to call him. So he goes back upstairs and he calls Gertz. He comes downstairs and he says he wants three dozen night crawlers. I says, well, let's see, that's 35 cents a dozen. That'll be, uh, that'll be about a dollar ten, roughly. I'd say, give or take, a couple of nickels. Yes, sir, that's what he wants. So I filled the can with three dozen night crawlers, and I realized well over a dollar for my work. Now, this began to be something. By the end of that month, I was, I, I would say there were 15 to 20 people showing up a week, total strangers looking for worms. There weren't many people apparently selling worms in that area. Word was getting out among fishermen. You know, fishermen, when they find out, uh, the, the word gets out. Well, I'm selling to maybe two or three dozen people a week. Just a fantastic business. And now I've given up baseball. <laughs> I've, given up, I've given up the whole thing. Because, you know, when you, when you start raising worms and start digging worms, believe me, friends, it becomes a full, really a full-time business. You know, a worm doesn't just lay there. I mean, a worm, a worm demands constant care. He also demands constant solace. They're very nervous. And, uh, and if you just leave the worms down there, no, you know what they'll do? If you just leave the worms down there without anybody messing around with them, they'll form a whole ball. They'll form a ball about the size of a tennis ball. And uh, that's the beginning of the end of the worms. So you have to keep going down and telling them it's going to be all right, that, uh, you know, they're going to like uh, going fishing, and, and uh, tell them, you know, how exciting it is to belong to Mr. Gertz and uh, all that stuff. You have to keep messing with them. So I began to have, I, I had at that point, I must have had about 10 or 15 different boxes all spread out in a row uh, next to the wall in the basement. I would like to tell you this. I'll give you some, some tips on keeping worms. Uh, some of the more obvious ones, of course, I don't even have to tell you. Like one, keep worms in a, in a uh, cool place. Don't ever try to raise worms in your apartment. It will not work. Uh, but raise, raise worms in a cool place. Two, uh, and now... What uh, I, I'm going to ask you a question. How many of you uh, know what a worm eats? Now, of course, the obvious thing is the worm eats earth. Yes, he does. However, in captivity, the worm demands more than that. That may surprise you. Uh, primarily because he doesn't have 
the uh, the area. You see, a worm when a worm is working, a working worm covers a tremendous area when he's eating. You see, in, the, in other words, a, a worm in the soil. So obviously, if you're keeping them in this box and you've got hundreds of them in one box, there just isn't enough area for them to cover. You see. So what do you feed a worm? What does a worm like? What does he grow fat and healthy at? Well, you're talking to one of the very few guys, probably in the entire New York area, who knows what worms love. And man, they go ape and they get beautiful. You start giving them this stuff and within two weeks, you got yourself a three, four pound worm on your hands. And he's got a smile on his face and uh, you've got a happy worm. Sometimes at night you can hear him down there singing and playing and dancing because you're giving them the right stuff. Well, there was another another development which began to uh, which began to cause problems. Uh, for one thing, uh, it was causing a lot of trouble because the whole basement was filled with boxes now, and uh, it was dark down in the basement. Once in a while, the old man would go down to the basement trying to look for a screwdriver. You know, he's falling over the worm boxes and yelling and hollering. You know, uh, will you get these worms out of here, will you? For crying out loud! And so I built a rack along the side of the wall. Just a plain, simple two-by-four rack. I was taking shop at the time, and I built this rack, and I put it up against the wall, and I had all my boxes now up on this rack. And every night I would go down there, and I'd water them, and I'd talk to them and mess around with them, and I'd bring down the new ones that I had dug up, see? And you have to in- introduce them to the old gang gently. You don't just throw the worms in there and say, here, you know, sink or swim. you gotta, you got to do it uh, carefully. Well, then, as the crowd began to grow, and as I began to have more people coming in there, a new idea hit me. And for any of you uh, businessmen, you know what this what this does to your business. Any of you businessmen who have gone through this routine uh, know what this can cause. Uh, up to this point, customers had been just coming to me. You got it, right? Uh, guys were recommending other guys, and they would come to there. And that day that I... I'm walking home from the store when it hit me. It just hit me, because you see, I was getting greedy. I was getting voracious. A man is never satisfied for what he can get. He's got to have more. That's why we're going to the moon. We're not satisfied with having one Earth. Pretty soon we're going to own the solar system. You know, we just got to do it. And I saw it in myself. I'm walking home from school with it. It hit me. Why, of course. It was so obvious. Why didn't I think of this before? This is insane. So I rushed like mad. You know, I got that bag of groceries, and I run home, and I put it into the, into the kitchen. I run down the basement, and I'm working away there, and I am making a sign. <laughs> and I take myself a couple of big planks, and I saw them off, and I, I hammer them together. Now I've got a big sign, which is painted with white, and I've got this red paint, and I write underneath there, worms. You've seen those signs. Worms. And under it, I write, uh, Night crawlers. Grubs. That was my sign. Worms, night crawlers, grubs. It was written in, in red paint on a white background. Well, I took it out. My mother, of course, flipped. I mean, you're not going to put that sign out in the front yard. <laughs> so I, I had to figure out some place to put it, see? So I figured that the best place to put it would be to put it up on the edge of the garage, which you could see from the front. You know, if you were driving past the house, you could still see it. Our garage was offset. See, we had a driveway going up. So, and, I, and I put it over the garage like that, see? Big sign, worms, night crawlers, grubs. Well, I want to tell you, it was like, it, well, it hit the fan. All I got to say is that any of you guys have ever been doubting the value of advertising, don't. 
I mean, if, if my experience is any criterion, it was unbelievable. Within, it's like five minutes after I put the sign up, this guy's knocking on the door, you know? Just a little short, fat guys, tall, skinny guys are knocking on the door. This way, sell the worms? I said, yeah, yeah, I'll be right with you now. Hold your water, will you? I got three other guys ahead of you, for crying out loud. All right, wait out of the porch. I'm getting very, you know, very, very hip. So uh, guys are waiting in line. Well, then I ran into a disaster. See, business, the bigger your business gets, the more problems you begin to run into, right? Well, I put my sign up, and within two days, no worms. The worms are gone, so I'm out there digging like hell, see? And the worst part of it is it's getting later in the summer, and worms are getting rarer. So in the early days in the summertime, like in the spring, I would dig for an hour, and I'd have myself a couple of worms. Now, here it is. It's, it's July, and i got to dig like three hours to get five worms. And I'm desperate, see, because now I've got business guys are knocking on the door. Then I had another idea. You're listening to, Ma- you're listening to Machiavelli here. I had another idea. I, I'm, I'm desperate. I'm digging all Saturday. All Saturday I dug. And I must have got about 20 worms, see. That's worth about 12 cents, even at my rate, see. So I'm desperate. And I'm digging out there. And Schwartz is walking along. And Schwartz sees me, see. And he says, what are you doing? I said, I'm digging worms. What does it look like? You get don't, don't bother me. I'm in a hurry. He's digging worms. You going fishing? I said, no, I'm not going fishing. What do you think that sign is out there? I'm selling worms. So, yeah, yeah. Gee, come on, we're all going to play ball. I said, I can't play ball. Forget it. I'm digging worms. And then it hit me. Hey, Schwartz, I'll give you ten cents for every dozen worms you can dig. Schwartz says, really? I says, yeah. So Schwartz rushes home. He gets a shovel. And now he's out back at his house <laughs> digging away there, see? Well, about an hour later, Schwartz comes back with a couple of dozen worms, which I pay him for, you know? Well, the word gets out among the kids. And within, I would say, three days, I have got about 20 kids who are working steadily digging worms and bringing the worms home and selling them to me. And so I'm sitting down, and now I give up digging. See, now I'm just a buyer, which uh, puts you in a totally different uh, category. See, so I'm... I, <laughs> and uh, and I, I would sit down in the basement. Now, this sounds like fiction. I'm just telling you the actual fact. I had a card table. And I would sit down in the basement, and as each kid would show up, with his worms. I'd count the worms out, see, and I got the bank. So I would count the worms out. I'd say, oh, man, forget this one. I said, look at this one. It's a dead one. What are you trying to pull on me here, Schwartz? He said, well, it was a dead one. I dug him up for crying out loud. I said, I'm sorry. We can't take no dead worms. Now, come on. Only pay. And look, look at that little skinny one. What? The, I, I, I don't want no baby worms. Bring worms back here. I'll only give you half price for the baby ones. So uh, Schwartz is getting his money, and, and, and we, I had all the kids. Bruner, I had uh, I had uh, Roper, uh, I had Jack Morton, all kinds of kids. You know, they're hitting the jackpot, see? So I'm, I'm putting out the dough, and I put the worms away every night into the little place in our, my boxes, and I'm growing these worms. Well, it is now getting to be August, and the kids are becoming very scarce. Because the kids are running into the same problem I'm running into. And that problem is this. That as the summer grows longer and hotter, worms get scarce. And even a kid who's getting ten cents a dozen worms has got enough brains to realize that after you've dug for, for two days and you got three worms, this ain't a paying proposition. And then I had my 
fourth and most cosmic idea. You ready for it? I'm sitting down in the basement. I'm desperate. The worms are getting low. And I, you know how much money I'm making at this point? I'm knocking down about uh, roughly 25 to $40 a week. And if you don't think that's a lot of money for a kid who's about who's about 14 or 15, man, you just don't remember what it's like being a kid. And so here I'm making this dough, and I, I want to keep it coming in, you know. And, and the business is growing, you see, because out there, guys tend to take their vacations in August. They tend to take their vacations in, like, late July and early August, not early vacations. So I'm getting fantastic orders. Guys are coming up there, and they're saying they're buying them for 15, 20 friends. I mean, can you imagine a guy walking in and says, give me, give me 30 dozen worms. 30, and you got you ain't got them, you know. You really, really get nervous. And I had my fourth and most colossal idea. I realized there was a fatal flaw in my business. Do you see what it is? My fatal flaw was that I was depending on the earth for the worms. I was depending on nature. And you know, little did I realize that at that moment, I was going through the same evolution that ancient man went through. You know one of the big differences between the truly savage tribes and the tribes that are beginning to be civilized? Is that a savage tribe is nomadic. They will rely totally on what they can find. And so they will kill all the animals in some place and eat them and eat all the, uh, eat all the plants that are growing, and then they move on to the next place. Well, what's the difference between that and a civilized tribe? Well, a civilized tribe grows the animals. So instead of relying on just going out and shooting rabbits, they say, hey, you know, why is it we don't, why don't we grow some rabbits? You know, why don't we grow some of those gourds that we've been looking for? Why don't we get some seeds and grow some? That's the beginning of what they call the agrarian culture, friends. So I'm sitting down. Nobody's giving me any advice. See, I have to go through this whole evolution myself. So I'm sitting down there trying to figure out. Something hit me. Why not grow worms? Why not grow worms? Huh? Grow them instead of gather them. And it was at that moment that I changed from just a kid that sold worms to the Worm King of Cleveland Avenue. I said, okay. I'll find out how you grow worms. And I did. It ain't easy. Those of you who think you just put a bunch of worms in a can and they start growing. No, sir. Growing worms is another kettle of fish. If I may use a bad analogy. Another can of worms. So uh, I began to grow worms, and my business went to hell. Oh yes, when you make vast technological changes, you must be, you must accept the fact that you are investing in the future. You are not investing in the now. Oh no, because obviously, if I'm growing worms, I can't be selling them. So I had to plow my profits back into the worm-growing mechanism, which I began to set up. And all through that August, I, I studied. I really did. I went, I went to libraries, every place I could go, that I could lay my hands 
on, on material, reworms. And so all through that winter, I was downstairs growing worms. While other kids were out running around, you know, standing in line to, to give their wishes to Santa Claus, Shepard is downstairs making sure there's going to be a Santa Claus. In fact, if there's going to be any Santa Claus in this neighborhood, it's going to be Shepard, you know? And so all winter, I'm growing worms. Now, it was not easy because, first of all, the old, my mother was pretty bugged about this whole thing. And my father said it was sick. And, uh, you know, my kid brother laughed. And I had the whole basement all that winter filled with uh, cases uh, that I had built out of out of orange crates. You get these, you know, these uh, orange crates. And, by the way, they make excellent worm boxes. These big divided orange things, the big deep ones, you see. That's an excellent worm box. Now, what do you, what do you uh, line it with? Well, I'll tell you what you line it with. Get a fine meshed screen, and you line that box with that screen. Now, it doesn't let the earth out. Remember that when you put the earth in there, when you put the actual uh, medium that the earth, see, we uh, technical people refer to it as the medium, uh, the actual uh, worm or subject medium. Uh, when you put that in there, it will not go through this screen, believe it or not. It'll, a few little grains will drip out. But the thing that what it does, you see, it allows the medium to breathe. Aha! Now it's beginning to set. Now, you, you lay the medium in there in layers. You don't just put dirt in there. You have various layers of various types of uh, material that you put in this thing. Until finally you get this beautiful, beautiful uh, medium. You know, I can... Oh, sometimes I get so excited when I think of worms. I, I, I don't know what the... You know, I just... I, some days I'm just going to give this whole damn business up and go back into business. Because I, I learned all the tricks. And, and, and by, by May of the following year, Shepard was ready to turn it on to the market. And I began to move. I want to tell you, I had I had the most beautiful. I, in fact, I had prize-winning night crawlers. I had the I had the type that uh, that had I decided to go into open competition could very well have been uh, top brood stock. Now I had magnificent night crawlers. I had night crawlers. You know the kind of night crawlers that uh, you could actually fall in love with. They're beautiful. Uh, oh yes, I had maybe two three pound night crawlers. I had magnificent earthworms. And what was even more interesting. I was one of the few guys who managed to grow grubs, which is a difficult thing to grow. So I grew grubs, and I laid in a stock of elgramites. You know what is in an elgramite? Well, I suggest you look that up. H-E-L-G-R-A-M-I-T-E. You look it up in your dictionary. Uh, helgramite. I laid in a stock of helgramites, and my old man came across with a great idea. He says, why don't you, why don't you grow some, uh, why don't you uh, sell minnows? mud minnows and shiners so by george you know, <laughs> i you know I'm, I'm i'm all excited about this see so i didn't i didn't quite go that far i almost did but i didn't luckily i stayed within bounds and by the middle of july of the second year i was knocking down so much money that the old man was getting mad i mean have you ever seen your old man get mad you know he brings home his paycheck and, uh, you know, you're downstairs in the basement. you got $10 bills piled up. Well, I had a business going that, that got to the point where my mother said, she, she got so mad about it finally, she says, listen, she says, you're going to have to put on that sign of yours out there because now my sign is, you know, it's really working. I got, I got, I repainted it now. It looks real groovy, see. And she says, you're just going to have to put down there that nobody can come 
after 8 o'clock. Because guys that show up at 2 in the morning, you know, all of a sudden they get the urge to go fishing. The phone rings. Guys would be banging and pounding on the door. You know, two, hey, where are some worms? Hey, where's the worms? And, uh, of course, she's getting bugged about this. Well, by mid-July, Shepard is making dough. Hand over fist. And the kids are all bugged. Because, uh, among other things, I went out and I bought myself a brand new Elgin bicycle. I mean, you know, after all, I'm a money-type kid, you know, and I'm sitting around down there, and I got these big, fat chocolate cigars that I'm smoking. <laughs> yeah, now, this uh, it's funny when, when, when I tell the story, because it's it's uh, an actual truth. And I, you know, I began to get, to, began to have labor troubles, like, uh, for example, my kid brother helped me, see? And I used to give my, I used to give my kid brother $2 a week, and his job was to go down and, 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 uh, and keep, keep the mulch and his job was to always feed them his job was to feed them now we had special types of and incidentally you know what i paid i used to i used to pay uh, a can if you would bring me a, a coffee can full of the feed that i used i used to pay 15 cents a can for the feed and the stuff was coming in from all different directions and i and i will give you a guess as to what i used uh, it was the first time anybody found any actual use for this stuff, and the worms loved it. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm feeding these worms. You know, my kid brother's feeding them, and I'll never forget the day I comes down, you know, and, and here it's all dry on the top, see? And my kid brother's not, you know, he's been uh, goofing off for the last couple of days. And I holler, hey, Randy, what the heck are you doing with the worms? Come on! They're crying out loud. And he's, uh, he's very reluctant. He says, ah, yeah. And I was having labor trouble, see. The point is that uh, for this, you know, this buck a week or two bucks a week he was getting, he didn't think that was enough. So uh, after a lot of yelling and arguing, I raised his pay to three fifty a week, which really made me mad. And I began to get very intolerant. You know, I began to get, uh, you know, I get, get really, really intolerant. Yeah, the minute the, the minute your workers start uh, coming around fetching, you know, you start getting mad. So uh, the business is booming. Guys are calling up. And one day I came home from someplace. My mother says, there was a man here to see you. And I said, man, uh, you know, why don't you tell him to come after 8? I mean, to come around, come around at supper time. I can't mess around. She said, no, he's not looking for worms. I don't know what he wanted. I said, what? A man, what? He didn't want worms? She said, no, he just wanted to talk to you. I didn't think anything of it. See, I figured, you know, it was some guy that was a little embarrassed about, you know, talking about worms to my mother. So, you know, some guys are very sensitive about buying worms. They don't come right out and say, I buy worms. And uh, especially when they're, yeah, oh, you know, it's a, kind of a sensitive issue. So uh, I, uh, I I didn't think anything of it at the time. Well, I came home that night, supper time, I'm sitting there. And little did I realize, there was a buzzer, the doorbell rang. It was the beginning of the end of my business. You're thinking what happened there. Every time I think of it, 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 it bugs me. I'm making dough hand over fist, you know. And I've got money sticking out of my shoes. I'm, you know, I'm even doing stuff like, uh, you know, buying two fielder's mitts at a time. You know, I can give me two of them. Ha, 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 kind of stuff. Well, the buzzer rings. My old man gets up and he goes to the front door and he says, uh, wait a minute, so I'll get him. I hear him. And uh, I walk out to the front room. He says, the guy's out here to see you. He didn't know who it was either. It was just a man to see me, to see the kid that's growing the worms. I walk out to the living room, and the guy's got a briefcase. 
And he says, are you Gene Shepard? You're growing the worms? Are you, is this your worm business here? And I says, yes. He says, well, I'm from the tax department. And I'd like to talk to you about uh, taxes. I want to know whether or not you... I said, what? <laughs> I'm not kidding. And I says, what? Taxes? He says, yes. He said, I want to leave these forms with you. And uh, have you have you filed employees' taxes and all that sort of thing? <laughs> and my old man is hiding under the kitchen table. He's hearing this. See, if there's anything that scared my old man out of his bird, it was just to mention the word taxes. He, he always was afraid one day they're going to foreclose. I don't know what it was that we're going to foreclose on it. But, boy, the word taxes. And so he says, I'm going to have to leave these forms with you. He said, uh, he says, uh, and by the way, I'd like to have... Uh, uh, I'd like to have some estimates that uh, what you what you figure that you're going to clear this year, and uh, do you have do you have the uh, you have all the receipts and the expenses and so on? I said yeah yeah, and uh, yeah yeah, and uh, he says well thank you very much. He said we'll be calling next week, and he leaves the house, and I walk back out in the kitchen, and the old man is sitting there at the table. He's white. His face is you know just white, and he says I knew something was going to happen. He said, well, you're just going to have to go out of business. I'm not going to mess around with that anymore. He says, you're just, I'm not going to get involved with the tax people. And, 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 the, uh, and I'm not going to have people coming around here and, and uh, investigating the taxes and all that stuff. Now, you're just going to have to go out of this business. Forget it. My mother's crying. My kid brother's hiding under the daybed. You know, he senses trouble. And so I said, well, gee, Dad, you know. He said, no, no. I'm, not, I'm sorry. The next thing you know, you're going to have lawyers. And you're going to have people striking. They're going to be burning down the house. There's going to be pickets. I don't want any of that stuff. Now cut it out. I just that's that's absolutely. If you want to if you want to go into the worm business when you get older, when you grow up, that's up to you. Now you're a kid. I'm not going to have any problems. See, secretly I could see that he was glad to see it was going down the drain, because you know it was getting to the point where I was thinking of giving my old man an allowance, and uh, you know I have him work around my worm business once in a while, you know, on the weekend, and I could see that he was glad it was all over. So the next week when the man came, my mother says, uh, he's not doing it anymore. The guy says, well, he'll have to pay taxes on what he did. She says, well, all right, but he's not going to do it anymore. You see, he's taking a sign down. I remember taking that sign down. What a terrible trauma that was. I don't know whether many of you guys have ever actually gone out of business. You know how terrible it is when you see it happening right in front of your eyes. I took the sign down. Do you know what I had to pay in taxes, in case you're curious? To this day, it's a legend in our family. After all the dust had settled and all the writing and all the forms had been filled out, I had to pay, or I, you know, I had my money in the in the bank and I was saving money to go to college and all that stuff. I had to pay $386. $386. Well, my, my worm business had saved roughly 550 bucks. That's how much money I had in the bank. I'll never forget how great it was, that $550. And I paid out the 386 bucks in money. I was left after two years of running around and hollering with about 150 bucks in profit. I never went back into the worm business. I retired at the top of the heap. Yeah, that's right. You're listening to a guy who, who you know... Scale the heights. There was no bigger worm man in all of Lake County. 
people were coming from as far away as Chicago and Milwaukee to buy my worms. The, the, the legend of my worms themselves, the quality was so, so high that guys were coming all the way up from places like Vincennes and Kankakee to buy these fantastic worms. God only knows how many fish were caught on my worms. And you're listening to one of the great men of his day. Now I look back on it and I can, you know, I give advice to young worm men that are coming up. And uh, for those of you who would like to go into the worm business, uh, I've turned out a little pamphlet entitled The Worm and You. There is big money in the ground. And for those of you who would like to learn how to uh, raise worms, like to entertain yourself by feeding your worms on a quiet night, and by the way, they make wonderful pets. A worm never bites. Never bites, and you don't have to get them licensed. And furthermore, they're very, very loyal. So uh, send your name and address to Worm, W-U-R-M, Worm, care of this station. You've got to be serious.